Hey guys, welcome to NFL Unwrap, where we unwrap the hottest takes around the NFL. Doing my first intro today, this is Christian, joined by my two hosts, Perry and Corbin. How are you guys doing? Doing well, thanks for having me guys. Yeah, I'm doing great, thanks for introing us. You can follow these two gentlemen on Twitter, at Perry Asin and at Corbin Unwrapped. We have assimilated him and branded him, we put a swoosh on his head, he's just walking around branding us he's all day. He's officially an unwrapped guy on Twitter, and he's got some headway on there, he's got about 250 followers, <laughs> not just 50, so go check out Corbin, he's got some depth on social media, he's about to be putting out. 400% increase in followers over the last, like... Two days. Hey, We're trying to work right in a there. tattoo on him at thank, some point. Thank you, Perry. For yeah, that, make sure way. to listen to us on the Apple Podcast app or on SoundCloud, wherever you guys prefer. If you're on the Apple Podcast app, leave us a rating and review. Very much appreciated, guys. So let's just jump right into a jam-packed episode. Christian, I'll let you continue to run with Josh Gordon, a guy that I know we are big fans of yes. and are excited to have back. The Browns have fully uh, activated him fully for games and practices. He's fully back. What do you think? I, first of all, whoever is following Hard Knocks, season uh, episode four is going to be amazing. Josh Gordon being back not only provides them with a clear wide receiver too, but that personality on the TV show is going to be amazing. I'm just imagining right now, if Des Bryant joins this wide receiver group, are we talking Browns as the most solid wide receiver group in the NFL from top to bottom? If I go Jarvis Landry, Des, and him, yes. And you have to Antonio Callaway, too, as uh, and someone. And David Njoku there, too. Lots of weapons. And uh, Duke uh, Johnson out of the exactly. backfield. That's a great passing offense. The entire Taylor doesn't make a lot of mistakes. Sorry, Tarod. Tarod Taylor. Right. Gotta pronounce it right. Yeah. Well, actually, Chargers cornerback Casey Hayward, after facing Josh Gordon last season, and this is when Gordon was playing his first NFL game in over a thousand days, he said, I think Josh Gordon has been my toughest matchup all year besides OBJ. That's high praise from one of the best corners in the entire league, Casey Hayward. He's got the talent. He always has. He's going to be scary. He's finally got his shit straight. I truly believe that. He went and got help. You know, I'm a big fan of guys who make a comeback with sobriety, you know, Severian Jenkins from last year who had a great year. John great Menzel. Story. Yeah, Menzel, who is still working on that comeback now. But Josh Gordon, to see him fully back and everything that he's overcame, love seeing that. Going to love to see him on the field. Fantasy upside, it's really going to be up there right now because we ne- we're not sure how it's going to work out. Someone reached in our league. But, I can't yeah. remember who, but <laughs> someone reached way early. Yeah, but regardless, someone reached Des excited. Bryant pretty early. Too, yeah, well, as a free agent. Yeah, yeah that's, that is, uh, that's We have some Cowboys in our league. Talking about fantasy value, let's move on to Alshon Jeffrey, who was ruled out for the first two weeks. The team uh, activated him to, f- to the 53-man roster this weekend in hopes to have him for a week three return. Corbin, does this hurt the Eagles? Are they okay at their receiving core, missing him for a couple weeks? Or is this a problem that you think might linger for the whole year? Uh, well, the, if the injury lingers for Alshon Jeffrey, then yeah, it's going to be a problem that lingers for the whole year. But if he misses two games, even if he misses three or four games, the Eagles have enough talent to overcome that. And then as long as I think most important for the Eagles, it's not getting him back by week three or a certain date. It's just making sure that whenever Alshon Jeffrey returns, that he's 100% healthy because the last thing that they want is him coming back a week or two weeks too early, not being 100%, and then later on in the year having to deal with more issues from it and maybe having to get a surgery. Who knows what could happen then? So the Eagles, they have so much talent. They will be 
completely fine at wide receiver. Even one, if, one guy that I think is going to benefit a lot, Nelson Aguilar. Yeah, I think he's, he's going to have a great year for the Eagles, and he plays the majority of the snaps out of the slot. But he's going to be moved around a lot this year in this yeah. offense, and he's going to be seeing a lot of different matchups. To go back like to what him. you say, Corbin, you would rather have him miss the whole season and have him back for the playoffs than to rush him in any sort of games. They, they're going to make yeah. the playoffs without Alshon Jeffrey. So you would rather He's have a very injury six... prone player, anyway. Exactly. You rather have him miss sixteen games and then have him ready for the playoffs and just have him for those what five, four, five playoff games, then yeah. rush him in any sort of capacity. Absolutely. With if, the, with their roster. If he says anything about oh, it still feels Hold a little on. off, or even if he's not saying anything, you just see he's not himself. Yeah, don't Hold play him. I totally agree. Let's move on to a topic that I know Jordan really. Uh, sorry. Christian really I am like Jordan. I have yeah. to go. Thank you, Barry. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, you look at me and you see Jordan's the goat, not LeBron, man? There is no, 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 goats. There's we're, goats. We're, There's we're, many we're, goats. All right. We're There's many goats in the pasture. Wrong podcast. Wrong podcast. There's many goats and they all eat different grass. My bad. Julius Thomas going to school to get his doctorate in psychology to study the human brain and what concussions can do to, you know, players moving on past their career. I love what he's doing. His career is clearly over. He's been with multiple teams, Broncos, Jaguars, Dolphins, had a very good career, especially when Peyton Manning was there. Peyton Manning made him, really. So I am love to see him moving on with something in his life besides just football. And this shows, you said on Twitter, you know, football players are supposed to be dumb, right? Right. And he's, he's smart. He's going he obviously his has his master's if he's going for his doctorate. That yeah. means he's completed a master's level course and and prerequisites to take a psychology levels doctorate. Dr. So, Thomas. And there's also there's a doctor who plays offensive lineman uh, for, yeah, the, for, for, the Ravens, for Chiefs. Right? I think it's the Chiefs. Duvave? Duvavi? He I definitely had played for the Chiefs at some point. He is a MD. He has finished That's medical awesome. school. He has his coat. That's awesome. That really is. And I expect you know a lot of cool findings from him since he is such fresh out of the league and it's such a controversy right now with all the hits and all the rule changes that are going on with the NFL how there's so many flags going on this preseason where players are putting on Twitter and how am I supposed to hit that's a perfectly sound tackle like I saw a tweet from Jack Del Rio former Raiders coach was saying I don't know how the players are supposed to tackle besides that's how we teach them in peewee mm-hmm. like you know you put your head down to the side you know avoid player face mask to face mask contact anything leading with the head that was exactly what you had to do so it's just insane to see what's going on in the NFL, and I love to see a guy like Julius Thomas who wants to go to school again anyways to further his career and help the NFL hopefully find some findings that's going to help help with concussions, right. protocol, with anything like that moving forward from a let player's standpoint. A, let it be a football player that actually solves this whole mess and not who you think the Harvard scientist to solve the whole concussion problem. It's going to be <laughs> exactly. someone who actually went through it and probably has it. So we'll talk about a guy who was injured last year, about 12 weeks, Odell Beckham Jr. Finally got his extension, guys. Five years, $95 million. Pain. And he looked very happy in practice today. Video I saw, dancing before his drills. I'd be dancing too if I just got inked to that big of a contract, regardless of our contract debate that we had on our podcast for... NBA, go check that one out too. You'll hear our debate, uh, which is a better set format with NBA or NFL, guaranteed money and not. Regardless, we're talking extensions here for the NFL, and Odell is a very high-paid man. 
course, he missed some time last year. In his 47 career games, he's put up 4,424 yards, 38 touchdowns in 47 career games. That's almost 100 yards per game. And you're almost scoring a touchdown almost every game, you know, .8 a game. You know, there's, you're maybe missing, you're skipping a week every four. That's insane. When he's on the field, he is the most dominant wide receiver to have played the game statistically. He is the fastest to many of these mile marks, and his injury and maturity could stop him. It could hurt him in the long run, but it clearly didn't hurt him enough in regards to becoming the cornerstone for this franchise. It's not Eli. He's not there for the long run. This is a guy that's fading out. You need to lock down the one bit of talent that you have there, the one guy that's keeping your stadium full and jerseys are being sold, and you work around him, and now you got a guy like Barkley there, and you really got such a, you know, good few pieces for success and stardom and big personalities that people are going to love love what the giants are doing odell beckham jr from a fantasy standpoint is an insane player when he's on the field Not and for me last year yeah he missed 12 weeks <laughs> last year when he was on the field though he had like, the, he had like one week he had 13 points and it was like four and then injured during during his four weeks that he was active he was uh the fourth overall fantasy receiver so when he's on the field there's yeah, no so doubt there's Chris? no there's no doubt about it i'm he complaining is, i'm having the playoffs and then zeke, <laughs> zeke wasn't in the playoffs either I'm, i have a lot to complain about okay? you got zeke in like the yeah you gotta steal what the third round your fifth your third round player was still playing too <laughs> so yeah odell beckham finally locked in He's sleeping well on that money tonight. I'm sure he cashed it all out at once. I 95 million on his mattress, mm. laying on it. Exactly. I wouldn't even put it on the mattress. I'd put it right on top. I'd just lay on the stacks. I think uh, one of the, like, the unifying happy things is payday with all human beings. Like Even if it's not a fully guaranteed contract, he's jumping around on payday just like I am for significantly <laughs> less money. He's running around with Monopoly <laughs> stacks, which is pretty much what his contract yeah. is with non-guaranteed money. So yeah, also interesting <laughs> with his contract situation is that the first three years of his contract, I forgot exactly how much I think it's like sixty five million or so around that that he makes in his first three years, and then his last two years he takes a little bit of a pay decrease. So he didn't hold out at all in these. This is going into his fifth season with the Giants. If there was ever a time for him to hold out, I mean, we see every year some player at each position beats whatever the highest paid player was the year previously. Three years from now when he starts having that pay cut, I don't know, I think... Probably might get that deal reworked. Yeah, maybe I'll just get it reworked, but if not, I think that would be the prime time to see the first time he uh, has a holdout. Speaking of Odell Beckham Jr.'s lack of a holdout, we'll talk of someone who does have a holdout, Aaron Donald. They are on the verge of inking a contract for around $22 million per year, making him the highest paid defensive player in NFL history. It's not fully done yet, so there's not any more details in regards to years, and I don't think he's reported to camp yet. Has he? Yeah, I don't believe so. I don't think he needs to. $22 million a year. year. Last year he missed the first game, one defensive player of the year. Yeah, $22 million is a ton of money. Highest paid. I know inflation comes into consideration, and like you said, there's going to be a new highest paid at the position as the years go on. We talked about this in a previous podcast, Christian. You openly said you think he's the best defensive player in the league, the most disruptive, and all ends just the most dominant. I agreed with you. Uh, I believe Corbin did too. Yeah, absolutely. I think he deserves $22 million a year, boys. Don't 100%. you guys think too? I think He this practices is... with knives to practice his hand moves. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's insane. Hey, that man. He's, he's get... <laughs> That is so ungodly. That's the best thing you could have said. So why why pay him? The best thing you could have said. He practices with knives. This guy is insane. Right. That's the answer I was hoping you'd say. He, if you watch any training video, you watch him just walk around. 
he is a force of nature. I'm happy that not only they inked him to the right amount of money, but they're going to ink him to a longer-term deal. He deserves... He doesn't deserve this money for years. It's just... It's been long overdue. I love yeah, it. I thank God I've never had to block him or anyone <laughs> who played like him because he, I ha- I woke up in the middle of the night the other night of him just coming at me and I just like woke up sweating. <laughs> oh, I haven't played in two years. He's nasty. I I pray for every single person who ever has to go against him. He's nasty. He's nasty. And then you, yeah, put, you put Sue on that line too yeah, now. Yeah, that's... He's dirty. Get a <laughs> wet wipe. That's so nasty. <laughs> just to contextualize, though, that $22 million from... We were just talking about Odell, who is arguably the best wide receiver in the league. Antonio Brown. Yeah, I, that's why I said arguably. I, I'd it's agree Antonio Brown. Yeah, Odell's second. Uh, Odell's second. No, I'd agree, agree but we'll regardless... Regardless... Offensive players are valued, for the most part, so much more than defensive players. So for a defensive player to get around, what, three, three and a half million more per year than what Odell got on his new contract, that just talks about how big of a gap there is between Aaron Donald and everybody else on defense. And I completely agree. He fully deserves all of the money that's going to him. We don't know how many years, but hopefully it's a long-term deal. He's been terrific every year in this league, and like you said, last year, just deciding after week one, all right, I'm going to come play. And then being unquestionably the best defensive player in the league with no training camp, no I mean, preseason. He's practicing with knives, as yeah. Christian said, so he's <laughs> having a let, let, combat. Put it for, let me put it for you this way. When Odell plays, he affects the pass game primarily, right? Yes. When Aaron Donald plays, does he disrupt the pass game? Yes. Does he disrupt the run game? Yes. That's why he gets paid more. Even right. though it is no. a different side of the ball, he that I'm just for people who don't even know. I'm not saying that you don't. Yeah, no, I, that's I why he gets he paid more. Because Odell, even what he does, he only affects one part of the game. Aaron Donald disrupts both. He doesn't have to cover anyone by covering them. He just gets to the quarterback so quickly. You could have had a paper bag covering him. Aaron <laughs> Donald is in your face. You can't throw it to him because he is 300 pounds of man on top of you trying to take the football. Yeah. That's how he, the, he I mean, affects the game. This Rams defense has so much talent this year, and we've talked about it in previous podcasts. You know, Aaron Donald's going to be just as great as always, and now you add all this talent Donald's around him, and you add so many more pieces that you have to worry about and game plan around, and you, you almost have to take attention away from Aaron Donald. You can't put everybody on him, and so there's going to be more and more opportunity opening up for him and for all these other guys on this Marcus defense Peters. for big years, for huge years, Ndamukong Sue, these guys to break out because of Aaron Donald, because he opens up so much and because he causes for so much attention. He's going to open up a lot of holes for these guys on defense to make these big plays, to you know find breaks in the defense. I love Aaron Donald. I love this news that he's going to finally get extension. I know we all agree. Well-deserved. Long overdue. The Rams have uh, opened up that uh, that checkbook. Yes, they year. have. They have. Uh, yes, they have. You got to spend money yes, to make money. Gurley, Cooks, Cooks. Uh, Sue. They got yeah, a free Sue. agency. Yeah. Um, I mean, franchise I, tag. What's his face? They had a band. Oh yeah, yeah, Lamarcus Joyner. Lamarcus Joyner. So, yeah. No, there's a lot of guys that they went after this year, and they please did a give complete, me a parade. Complete revamp. <laughs> I the Dodgers. You guys, the Dodgers blue balled me. I you guys it. both. <laughs> You guys both had the Rams. Rams winning. I had them winning. Yeah, I had. I think I had the Steelers. Them versus yeah. Steelers. Yeah, yeah I, I had the Saints. I had them against was, the Jets. There's the Rams, and then we all chose different. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Uh, let's move on to a couple moves that the Steelers made. They re-signed Pro Bowl kicker Chris Boswell to a four-year extension. 
just under $20 million. He's one of the highest paid in the NFL. He notched career highs last year in 2018, 35 made field goals at 92.1%, 37 extra points. Great for the brand. Efficient. Uh, Chris Boswell's a great player. He's young, mid-20s. So, you know, lock him in for another four years. Made the Pro Bowl. I like this re-sign. And you got to pay him like one of the best in the league because he is one of the best in the league. So I think the Steelers made the right move. Once you find a consistent kicker, find him. I know Dan Bailey for the Cowboys. I thought of him as one of the best in the league. I thought of him as automatic. He was one of the best in the league. And then this past year, take back issues or whatever you may say, he's in contention for losing the starting job. He's not an anyone's fantasy him boy. On my team it's it's one of those guys that <laughs> for a kicker, I know Nick Folk had his time for a second. There's you when you have a guy and you realize that he's going to be good for a long time. You got to lock him up at the kicker position yeah. because you're. They, they, they don't do anything. Caleb you can hold them around for two like decades. Yeah. yeah, the thing with the kicker position, it's so hit or miss, and it's weird just how you can be a great kicker one year, and like you said, Dan Bailey, Mason Crosby of the Packers, for the most part, he's been pretty good, but there was a year, I forgot what year it was, where he, I think, had the worst field goal percentage of any Look kicker. like Blair Walsh yeah, or someone yeah. like any of these guys. It's like golf. Hauschka. You know, once you get up in your head, you're going to go through yeah. a string no, of just true. missing. It's true. a very confidence-driven position. Yeah, but he did put up career highs across the board last year, so he's yeah. clearly figured something out. No, he completely out. deserved it. Yeah, we think we talked about a kicker And the, the Steelers yeah. re-sign uh, linebacker Vince Williams, 2013, sixth-round pick. Did you say we talked about a kicker? <laughs> yeah, that was <laughs> Sorry, the next subject. I got this one right. <laughs> Sorry, I did. Two and a half I minutes. minutes. I was like, that's Hey, enough. Chris Boswell, good, congrats. Yeah, you got us talking <laughs> for two minutes. I hate kickers. <laughs> linebacker Vince Williams, 2013, sixth-round pick from Florida State. They got him inked to a four-year deal through 2021, just above $20 million. Why this is so interesting, Ryan Cezier, it's really the reason why Vince Williams was asked to step up the way that he did, and he really did. 88 tackles all throughout last year. Had a decent year. A good year, sorry, above decent. Great player, high energy. I like him on that team. He fits very well with what they're trying to do with that defense. He's a Steelers guy. He got drafted by the team. He's been there for a while. I like this re-sign. Just above $20 million. Boswell was just under $20 million. A nod of Shazier, too, because this guy came in and it, not that they didn't skip a beat, but he was very similar in his impact to what Shazier did. So I think that's a testament off the field. I know he's been a vocal in their locker room. So, yeah, a leader still. Yeah, he, and I, I love seeing that. I love guys that, you know, they're injured. Carson Wentz is an example last year. He was injured, but he made the most impact he could do without actually putting on the pads. And I love seeing that. Yeah, it's a coach on the field, really, and then when they can't be on the field, you really see it on the sidelines. They, yeah, being a true teammate, you know, investing your life in a team, investing everything you have. Yeah, definitely. I know it's hopefully the best for Ryan Chazier. I'm not sure where he's at with his recovery right now. He's walking around. But yeah, he's, he's, nice he's killing it. He's being able to. Yeah. yeah. I he's, see him at practice without a cane walking around. Yeah, yeah, he's killing it. So, But Vince Williams, great job of holding it down. Former Eagles, Broncos, and Giants cornerback Dominique Rogers cromartie is signing with the Raiders. You want to talk about the fit with the Raiders? They do need cornerback help, hey. definitely. Garyon Conley is back. He is going to be a good piece for them with Rogers cromartie and a couple of the pieces there. With this Gruden team, you're starting to see a little bit of a better defense form, but they did sign a lot of people in the offseason. The average age, the yeah. average, the average age of their signings was mid-30s. They were going after a lot of veterans, early 30s, I think. So they were trying to sign guys that can help now because they need help now. Because that their team that can win now for sure. That secondary was getting scorched last year. That defense scorched. I think the Raiders were the last 
defense in the league to get an interception. They didn't get one until I think it was like week 11 or week 12. That's really? secondary. Wow. Yeah, that's that's ridiculous. That's Go 11, 12 games without getting an interception. Well, after uh, was it Woodson retired, they've been yeah. very void of having right. anyone. Well, he retired two years ago. Yeah, I think last year was his first year. He wasn't in the league, I think. So. Yeah, it was he had a really good. He could have played another two no or doubt. three years if he wanted. Yeah. Um, he was a great safety after he transitioned from corner. No matter who they have in the coverage, Khalil Mack, I think, is oh, yeah. still... He's taking a million-dollar hit every single game, just about, and he's not there. So it doesn't matter who they sign on the defense. If they don't have Khalil Mack back, they are suspect in defense. Khalil Mack will make that coverage look a lot better. Than oh, 100%. I'm a big Khalil Mack. And, and my boy P.J. Hall from the Southland. Watching him. <laughs> we'll move on to the Broncos signed Adam Pacman Jones to a one-year deal. Christian, I want your take. I know he's a troublemaker. Do you think he's got a lot of risk here for the Broncos, or it's just a one-year deal, really? Uh, the Broncos can use someone who's actually like kind of scrappy like that if he's willing to buy in and not bring all of that extra stuff. Let's say, hundred percent great signing. They're with Von Miller, with Chubb now, they could be a defense that I'm not going to say is in the top end of the league, but if they play scrappy, offensive lines and teams aren't going to want to play against them. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I'm a big Pac-Man Jones fan. When he was on the Cowboys, he really screwed up everything there. I was hoping it would work out. He's exciting in the you know return game. He's can be a very good player on your defense, and I think he's gotten in trouble so many times now that at some point... He's just going to figure it out. I think he's going to have actually a consistent year for the Broncos this year. He's going to help out their secondary. I honestly believe so. I, so. Th- I think they're going to be, like I said, scrappy. I think they're going to be a lot scrappier team with him. And defense, a lot of the time, having that dog mentality is what you need. And the Broncos defense, when they were at their prime uh, in the last couple of years, going against Cam Newton, basically winning the Super Bowl, they had that dog mentality. And since then, I feel like they've kind of gone away from it a little bit. So. I want to see them bring the mentality back because you know for a fact they'll be able to pass rush next year. Yeah, I totally agree. Just another one I want to knock out really quick. Geno Atkins, who received a four-year extension for $65.3 million, $25.5 in the first year. Yeah, that's a in, lot. It's a lot of money. Let's do him, and they also extended Carlos Dunlap, who I believe is a two-time Pro Bowler, three years, $45 million for him. And in addition to that, they released defensive tackle Chris Baker, and that'll save them around $3 million. Yeah. They need the savings if they're going to be paying their other two defensive linemen that much. But, Christian, what do you think of the two extensions? That is so much money for Dunlap to get paid. Yeah. His agent deserves a Pro Bowl appearance. <laughs> that is ludicrous. That is, I'm not going to proportion it to the Wild Dane contract, but <laughs> that when you said that, Corbin, I almost wanted to bump you and be like, yo, That is a lot of money. Doesn't Todd Gurley make fifteen million a year? Just about. (laughs) That's crazy. Yeah, I have nothing to say. That it. The agent is on point, and I know they have to run it back this year. Their team's not going to be very good if they're going to rely on anything this year. Their defense, their defensive line, is probably the one thing that has the most upside out of anything on their team. So, I do like that they locked in these players now when they have the money. And, you know, you make moves elsewhere when you can later on, but you lock in these two defensive forces. I really like these two players. Yes, it is a lot of money, but I don't like the identity of the Bengals. So at least trying to do a, you know, hard-nosed defensive line and build around that, at least you're starting to build some sort of identity because I'm not a fan of their run game, their pass game, their secondary, of of their O-line, of anything. I'm a fan of John Ross, actually, because I drafted him. I'm a huge (laughs) fan of Their D-line is something that... 
you know, doesn't scare me. That's the one thing that doesn't scare me. It, it. But it's also just throwing a ton of money at a problem, being like, "This will fix it." And that twenty-five point yeah. five million in the first year to Geno Atkins, I just I don't understand. I forgot you said his name. Honest to God, yeah, <laughs> like he's so irrelevant that when you brought him up, like I've already forgotten in this instance that you talked about him before Dunlap. I mean, clearly not. I mean, he's going to be making twenty-five point five. I'm coming back. I'm making my return in the NFL. This is crazy. <laughs> talking about NBA contracts being ridiculous. Run it back. Yeah, this I'll is just, ridiculous. I just give you all my monopoly money. I'll Play for the, the Bengals. It'll be, it'll be the same thing. You can just write your name on a piece of paper. It's non guaranteed <laughs> contract. Same thing. The Bengals gonna have like walk in tryouts for a million dollars, like Vince Papali and the Eagles. Let's talk. Let's really talk. quickly before we move on to trades, I just wanted to ask you guys before that came out today that Kurt Cousins turned down ninety million dollars guaranteed from the Jets over three years to sign with the Vikings for three years, eighty four million. You think Kirk Cousins made the right choice going with the Vikings over the to be, Jets? To be, six, six mil less to play with that roster. To be honest, I was, was going to say I was going to say bump it up to like one hundred and twenty million, and I'll still <laughs> debate this right now. I'll still say right. they probably made the best. Chad, decision. I love I you, our high school friend. I know you play for the Jets, but I would rather play for the Vikings, I mean, even not. though I love you. That's a team that has a chance to go into a Super Bowl this oh, year. Oh no doubt, automatically Easily. with the Jets, you're joining a rebuild. So that's not that has that's, Sam Donald. Not, not a very nice. smart decision. Smart decision if you're going to go play with the. J-E-T-S, Jets, 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 whatever. <laughs> so uh, trades, the Raiders traded a guy I love, wide receiver Ryan Switzer to the Steelers after already being traded you by the him. Cowboys <laughs> earlier in the offseason. The funny thing is I read a report last week that Derek Carr loves Ryan Switzer, one of his guys. Loved. God, loved. Exactly. <laughs> so he's a stealer now, which I almost like even more I for do. his fit. Yes. So I think that's a great fit for him. I think it's a great fit for the team. He helps their return game. He can help on that end. Also in the slot. He's gadgety. Really liking Juju Smith-Susser's uh, poise for a bigger year. And like I said with Nelson Aguilar, I expect them to use him in different areas like the Eagles are going to be using Aguilar. So he's not going to just be primarily playing out of the slot. I expect to see Switzer playing more than I think some people think, but expect to see him as a big part in the return game. I like him a lot. Watch him lined up at running back just to get slightly motioned out four seconds later. Cause you that's can put not... him in as like a jet sweep, Tavon Austin oh, no kind doubt. of thing. They were starting to use him in multiple different forms when the Cowboys last year. Didn't have the best rookie season, but definitely showed a Special ton of flashes. Player. Yeah, showed a ton of Do you of guys flashes. think that Ryan Switzer beats out James Washington for the third wide receiver spot? Um, no. no. I think he's going to be the first wide receiver off the bench, if that. Honestly, that's a really good question. Yeah. I, Like I said, I see Switzer being a bigger part in the return game, special teams guy, and I see him coming in in certain formations. The Steelers are a team that like to run it four wide a lot, so I do see him seeing the field sometimes. And Washington is a rookie when Switzer has had a year under an NFL organization, so he does have some rapport and you know some things that Washington might not. So I could see Switzer beating him out in the beginning of the season, but you know Washington has had the whole offseason with the team. They did draft him for a reason. He is a bigger play threat, so I'm not going to hold my him. breath on the guy that's been on three teams in a year. So yeah. I agree. Yeah, I think James Washington beats him out. Yeah, yeah I, he's a special teams player. Let's just if I he has like anything more, then we'll be pleasantly surprised. Yeah, 49ers traded linebacker Eli Harold to the Lions for a conditional seventh round pick. Eli Harold, just a high energy kind of guy. He may start for them. I'd see him more being a second string linebacker for that core. 
Another special team Matt player. Patricia kind of guy, just high energy, is everywhere at once on the field when you watch high his High energy tape. and doesn't yeah. start in football terms as special teams. Yeah, I mean, he's he. I believe he does play a role on special teams as well. Gunner. I mean, you gave up a conditional seventh round pick for him, so yeah, you're not no, nothing not putting all your back. tips on the table. Clearly, they saw something in Harold. The Colts traded for, or sorry, they traded Antonio Morrison linebacker to the Packers for cornerback Lindsey Pipkins. Uh, that's going to be top five names of this year, I would say. Lindsey Pipkins, I like, I like that one. So he for sure got bullied growing up. No <laughs> Lindsay, doubt. Yeah, Lindsey Pipkins. No, Lindsey. Lindsey. L e n z y. Do you think anyone he went to high school with made that differentiation? They called him Lindsey. I know that for a fact. Yeah, now I call him Lindsey. But yeah, the Colts traded Antonio Morrison to players that again play a role in special teams and will be backup roles. One trade that does interest me, the Vikings, their center, um, went down with some injury. They do have some offensive line injuries that they're battling. Uh, Giants traded uh, center Brett Jones to the Vikings for a 2019 seventh-round pick. I think that's a steal for the Vikings. Brett Jones started 13 games last year for him at the center position, which, in my opinion, I said this the last podcast, it's not easy to go get centers whenever you want. Guards, tackles... I feel like they can play multiple positions a little bit more. They're a little bit more athletic, in my opinion, and they're a dime a dozen. Not that you can find talent anywhere, but I think the pool for guards and tackles are easier to pick from than the tiny pool of skilled centers that aren't going to screw up the snap count. You see plenty of games when you put in a backup center and the snaps are all over the place. like It's crazy, and these are professional centers. So to find a guy week in and week out, that can compete at the center position is not easy. So they traded for one of the only guys that has starting experience that no, the Giants don't need. Yeah, great. Seventh round pick in 2019 for a guy who started 13 games last year. Yeah, I think that's that one, really good not play. a big move for them, but a smart move for that's them. That's for so. sure. I don't want to say their weakest hole on the Vikings is offensive line, but they got rid of Matt Khalil, uh, who was like their best offensive lineman at that point, and he was still like not that good. Yeah, their so. offensive line's not bad, but it's it, definitely... Could improve. They do have a lot of these heel of winning the Super Bowl. I would say Brett Jones right now is going to have to get to work with Kirk Cousins, right? Getting that chemistry down now. So he's projected to be their starting center. You said you wouldn't say the offensive line is their weakest point? I would say that. I say it would be their Achilles heel that would prevent them from winning the Super Bowl. I would agree with that, too. No, I agree with that. Injuries. Move on to some injuries on top of that. Bucks running back Charles Sims out for the year with a knee injury. He wasn't projected to be. Their starter, necessarily, uh, it was really a, a three-man battle between Peyton Barber, him, and Ronald Jones II, who has really unimpressed this preseason, hasn't earned himself the starting role. I'll tell you that. It's Peyton Barber now with Charles Sims out for the year, but they are looking for some veteran help, similar to what the Redskins did bringing in um, Adrian Peterson. I know they brought in Terrence West for an interview. Uh, sorry, for a... I was about to say interview. Like, it's a job. <laughs> it is like yeah, an interview. Is. For a workout, uh, and I know a name that I read, Orlean Starkwa, another name I brought up for the Redskins, he's in consideration. A couple names still out there, veteran backs that can help this team. I don't think they need to freak out. I do like Ronald Jones. I know you guys do too. I don't think, not as a starter, not as a starter. I do like him as a player. Peyton Barber is a serviceable starter in my opinion. He's going to be fine. I think Ronald Jones there is going to figure it out at some point. And, you know, the rest of that team, you know, once you look third and fourth string running back, you're not putting all your chips on the table again. So getting a veteran in there, 
it's smart. It's similar to a Redskins situation, except for the Redskins have worse injury concerns, so you have to get a veteran in there. The Bucks, Ronald Jones isn't, you know, isn't an injury concern right now. Peyton Barber's looking fine. They already suffered their one guy who went down there. He had third and fourth string already filled. So I like Charles. Uh, sorry, I liked Charles Sims, and I really like Peyton Barber there. I think Ronald Jones is going to figure it out at some point, and he'll take over that starting role midway through the season once things start to click for him. But see him, he did catch one pass for I think it was like 30 yards. Mm-hmm. He could be getting his feet wet at least by getting some passing game underneath him, and then he might start to see some carries. But expect to see him line out of the slot like a Duke Johnson kind yeah. of guy. I think Joe Mixon and him have a very similar situation yes. in terms of like how their seasons start and how I think their season's going to go. I think and I'm talking about Ronald Jones. I think, you know, he'll get the nod at some point, but as someone, I know I talk about a lot of my busted fantasy players from last year, <laughs> Joe Mixon being one of them, I think that he'll start getting the carries, but we're not going to see anything special out of him. I totally agree. Time yeah, like, even I if think, he wins it, it won't be special. I think with the Bucks, with Ronald Jones, you're not going anywhere this year if you're realistic. As you're it's one of those offenses we Bucks. said to stay away from. This is yeah, our last uh, episode. Stay same. away from. They have to be realistic and know they're not making the playoffs this year. Why are you going to take carries away from Ronald Jones, who ideally is going to be your running back for the future? Even though he hasn't shown much in the NFL during the preseason, he showed a lot at USC. And you have to think at some point maybe he is starting to come around right now. It might be later on this season or even next season, but regardless of how he's doing, yeah, maybe if he's not doing too well, it could be hurting his confidence, which will affect his play a little bit, but you want to get him the experience of getting those carries, being in the backfield, being able to pick up blitzes and who to block, being able to come out of the backfield and catch passes. That's something that me, being someone who watched every USC football game for the past three years, I saw his progression as a pass catcher out of the backfield. That was probably what he was weakest at coming into USC, and he's still not great at it, but he has gotten a lot better at it over these past three years. I mean, yeah, he and, got a pass for like 30 yards. That's like the one thing he's yeah. done. All no, well, that's something. He's a very I mean, he fast. A he's he a very a fast player, though, so if he can learn how to routinely catch passes out of the backfield, I'm saying that might be, be the one thing he way. has confidence yeah. in right now. He caught a solid 30-yard pass. The, uh, he hasn't been able to move the chains once between the tackles, so he's doubting himself a bit right that's now. That's kind of offensive line. But I, I think 100%. this... I hate to say that a player's happy that someone else got injured, but you, he has to feel good that he doesn't have as much competition behind Peyton Barber. It's, Whether or not he feels good, it helps him out. Right. Charles, yeah. I totally agree. Let's, and Ty Montgomery on the Packers, another guy who is in a flurry of running backs there. You know, Williams, as well as Adam Jones. Aaron, Lef- Aaron Jones. Sorry, sorry. Aaron Jones, yeah. Uh, left last preseason game with a minor ankle injury. I was told not to be too severe or anything like that. Yeah. Corbin, I'll let you run with it since you own the, the team. The Packers. So, Christian alluded to Aaron Jones and gave me a pat on the back because I did draft him in our fantasy football league. My bad on Adam. My bad. I think We were talking about Adam Jones earlier. Ty Montgomery is a very unique player that you can line up <laughs> in a lot of different positions. He started out as a wide receiver, now he's a halfback. But I think that when Aaron Jones comes back... And Ty Montgomery also, he deals with injuries. It seems like every year he gets shaken up and misses at least four or five games. The entire games. backfield is very injury prone. He's a wide receiver player. Yeah. All three of them. But I think that Aaron Jones, it's a very crowded backfield, but last year when Aaron Jones was playing, especially when Aaron Rodgers was healthy, I think there was like one game against the Cowboys where Aaron Jones was the starting running back because Ty Montgomery was injured yeah. and Rodgers was healthy. Aaron Jones had over 100 yards and over well. five yards carry. 
I think he's clearly the best running back for the Packers. Jamal Williams is the best power back. In I was going to say, I'd have to disagree. I think Jamal Williams is the best back. Um, I wouldn't say in every situation because, of course, you, think, you need a pass catching back at some point. But if I'm going to put a guy out there for my three down back, I'm going to put Jamal Williams out of any of these guys. And then I'm going to resort to who's healthiest. Not only of Aaron Rodgers, though, because no, you no, don't no. run that. The ball. If you're going to go for a three down between the tackles back, between all of them, I'm saying I would go with him. But yes, you're going to have to switch up formation a ton with Rodgers. And I think that's where guys like Jones and Montgomery are going to thrive. Where Montgomery's going to spend a ton of time on the slot this year if he can stay healthy. They're going to motion him out a ton, give him so many swing routes, screen plays, try and get him the ball in the open field. Because like you said, he is a former wide receiver. And with having... With him in the backfield with Rodgers, you know Rodgers is salivating. He loves to have a guy who's got those type of hands coming out of the backfield. Aaron Jones. Yeah, and Aaron <laughs> so, Jones too. And and then you got a guy like Williams who can run between the tackles and be a consistent kind of guy. And like Corbin said, put him in goal line situations. They don't have a bad running back group there at all. It's just if they can stay healthy. Yeah, it's just running back by committee. I think with Aaron Jones or with Jamal Williams, he definitely has the physicality to run between the tackles, but. His vision wasn't great last year, and that's the one thing that Aaron Jones really impressed me with was just his ball carrier vision, and that's why he was so good with Aaron Rodgers because when you have Aaron Rodgers at quarterback, there's holes that come every single down. It's just you need to be able to see them, and Aaron Jones did that really well. Jamal Williams didn't really get much of a chance with Aaron Rodgers, but um, in the sample size that we did have with him with Brett Hundley, he he was... More successful just because of how physical he is than him actually finding the right hole and attacking it. Um, let's. I want to talk about one more thing before we end this podcast. Just Le'Veon Bell announcing that he's going to be returning to the Steelers early next week. What do you do? You guys think that we're going to notice much of a difference in terms of his conditioning and his play right off the bat, or is just going to be the same old? Absolutely not. Bell? It's going to be the same thing. Not skipping a beat. He's staying in shape. This is a contract year in his mind again, and he's pissed off. It's been pretty open by his agent and other people that he won't be a Steeler pass this year. We've had the debate. He may be a Steeler pass this year. I don't think it matters where he plays football next year. We're talking about this year, and I think it's going to be potentially his best career statistically, and it's going to be scary if he can stay healthy. He's one of those guys, too, that tends to miss weeks always, and it's worrisome. The Steelers always seem to be injury prone, but I love him. Love his upside. See a big year for him. Seriously, huge year, and there's not going to be any question with his conditioning. He's going to be fine. Actually, I disagree with you. I think you're going to see a little bit of his conditioning showing in the the later drives and the in the later longer drives of the game because there's no way you simulate that conditioning that. You, you can run on a treadmill, you can condition, yes, but getting hit and having to run at the same time, there's no way you can simulate that in any sort of setting. So you're right with the conditioning. He's going to run full speed the same, but right. durability, getting hit 10 times, One thing I that's do like is this is the first year that I like their backup running back behind Le'Veon. Yeah, James really like Conner is a guy that if Le'Veon goes down, first off, if you're drafting Le'Veon in any league, any format, if you're not drafting James Conner with the one of the last two picks of your league and handcuffing Le'Veon, you're an idiot. So draft James Conner if you're drafting Fournette. Make sure you go and grab T.Y. Yeldon or TJ. Uh, sorry, T.J. Yeldon. And sorry, I'm just messing up names all day today. It's, it's that's my bad. So I'm going to tie my tongue. It's okay. But. I called my boss by the wrong name, <laughs> so. and then I proceeded to go out the wrong door. Out <laughs> 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 
Hey, I killed it in sales today, though, so talk shit about it. <laughs> yeah, I think I'm the one stumbling today, but it's been a great <laughs> podcast, regardless of my miscues. But yeah, just I love his upside. James Conner is a guy that is going to be a lot more productive than people think, and I think he's going to help out Le'Veon with taking some of the drives that, in the beginning of weeks, and it's going to show that he can help between the tackles. Le'Veon's going to be more creative. You're going to be able to get him off the field a little bit if you need to, not have to extend drives and keep him on the entire time, and not feel unconfident when you pull him off the field. You're going to be able to put a serviceable guy back there who runs with a head of steam. I loved watching him play when I've seen him so far, and I think I'm going to continue loving watching him throughout the series. He's going to make an impact. I do have to hop in, though. You said that's the first uh, backup running back that you've liked for a while. Yeah. D'Angelo Williams, I know you had him on your fantasy team when Le'Veon was out, and you did very well with him. Didn't say it, no. It, this, so I want to remind you no, that you... that's fine. No, I, he is a good player himself. I'm saying this is the first time I've felt very confident with a guy behind Le'Veon Bell. I, like, I feel confident that you're with him 100%. No, that's fantasy value. It's That's any, any backup. When your starter goes down, you pick whoever's going to get the touches next. It's not that you feel good necessarily about... It's like one-day-old expired milk. You're going to open it up, and you're going to smell it, and you know it's going to smell bad, and some people are going to be like, that's it, I'm throwing it away. Some other people are going to be like, <laughs> Please tell me you drink expired milk, Perry. No, actually, I throw it away if it's like <laughs> a day or two before and it smells iffy. I'm one of those guys. I have, I think, two unfinished cartons of milk that I just threw away from my fridge. I just have to keep buying them. There's not a small enough one for me. Yeah, if it but, smells, I don't care. If it's <laughs> a few days past the expiration date, if it still smells fresh, I'll... Corbin's one of those guys. Corbin's, All right, guys, that's what I'm so saying. So that's what I'm saying. I knew. So I knew there was someone in this room that was gonna. Feel oh well, worse. Christian. Christian thinks I'm nasty because I eat tuna sandwiches from Subway with the mayonnaise. Well, that's because Corbin's sitting there with his tuna sandwich with mayonnaise and his three day old expired <laughs> milk. <laughs> if I had your like stomach strength, I would never ever like have a problem in life. <laughs> I eat cheese one time and I'm literally <laughs> crapping my brains out, and you're out here eating. <laughs> Processed dolphin fleas from Subway. <laughs> you were so, nasty. So we got about a week left, I would say, until NFL. So fantasy we're season extremely starts. excited oh, for fantasy season. Make sure to go follow our new page. It's a podcast that I'm heading up with Everyday Fantasy Football. It's Adam Stark, who was on our last podcast. Go check it out. Go follow our Twitter page right now. FFB Unwrapped. Our first podcast is coming out this week. Already putting up tons of statistics that are going to help you win your league this year. Uh, these guys are going to be helping me a ton with that. They're going to be on the podcast a lot. Need them on. They're my friends. They're my co-hosts. They're the reason why we're so great here. So I'm so happy to have Adam on there. And go check out his page every day, FFB. Um, just for all your fantasy needs, follow us on, you know, for our rap page too. Um, please follow us on our Twitter page here at NFL Unwrap. You can follow me at Perry Aston. Christian at McGowan75 and Corbin's revamped Twitter page at, yeah. at Corbin Unwrapped. Please go follow him. He has depth on there, guys. He is a new man on Twitter. Go follow him. You're not going to be disappointed. If you guys are in our growth phase, we have new podcasts. <laughs> We've taken Corbin under our wing. Yeah, you know? no. It's definitely a lot of things coming. We have a college football podcast coming up soon with yes. Christian and I here. Christian's going to be heading that. I'm going to be helping him a ton. Yeah, we're we're going to have help. Corbin on there again a lot. We're going to have a lot of other guys, hopefully a ton of former D1 athletes, other guys that Christian knows from his football days. So we're super excited to get that up. We actually just made the Twitter page and put out our first tweet today. So we're not going in too much with that until we have our official podcast out. Uh, that should be getting recorded this week too. So a ton of stuff going on with the Unwrapped Sports Network. 
a lot of branding with Corbin here. But thank you guys so much for joining us. Please listen to us on the SoundCloud app or the Apple Podcast app. You can make sure to go on and leave us a five-star rating and review. Much appreciated. We love hearing your guys' feedback. Stay interactive with us on Twitter. We love, love, love you guys and everything that you guys have to say. Like Christian said on our last podcast, we added Mikey to our fantasy group this year. So he's one of the guys that started as just a fan for our page and has become a friend for us. We love staying interactive with you guys, and we always will. So continue you know keep it up with us grow That's with a, us you grow know, with us support us we'll support you and you know let's <laughs> let's just stay in contact yeah, you know definitely and now with our fantasy football plays please go over there and check that out it's going to go hand in hand this year with the two of us nfl unwrapped and fantasy football and you know we're going to help you win a championship this year and hopefully your actual professional team does well we'll be talking all about it here on nfl unwrapped so thank you guys so much again make sure to follow us all on twitter and we'll catch you guys next time for a jam-packed episode